It is 3.10 p.m. on Saturday, June 11, 2022. It is partly cloudy in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The official temperature is 88 degrees. 29 kids and eight grown-ups are dragging suitcases and soccer nets and folding tables and sound equipment across acres of asphalt. And so, in the parking lot of Silverdale Baptist Church, 88 feels like 100. And if you're wondering to yourself, like, is this worth it? The answer is yes. Sam Rogers serves in the student ministry at Silverdale Baptist Church. And right now, he is hot, sweaty, tired, and excited. Because he's about to give his kids an experience he believes will blow their teenage minds. When you knock on one door and there's a prayer mat on the floor, and you open up the door above that one, talking to somebody, and there is a shrine in the living room. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh my gosh, not everybody's living room looks like my living room. What is all of this? 125 miles away, David Cresswell is ready for company. Every week, David and the rest of his staff at Send Relief's Clarkston Ministry Center welcome church groups like Sam's. And they do so with the intention of giving them something they can't get anywhere else. You know, the most diverse square mile in America, you know, the Ellis Island of the South. It's hard to find a place more, uh, more unique in that way than Clarkston. So Sin Relief Ministry Center uh, is meant to be a place where one, uh, authentic gospel ministry that's meeting physical needs is happening locally, and also a place that churches can see as an opportunity for exploration as to what is possible for them to do in their own communities. So we tell churches when they come to treat this less like a mission trip and more like a think tank. And so, 37 people from Silverdale Baptist Church think they're leaving Chattanooga to go on a mission trip. They don't yet know they're coming to Clarkston for something bigger than that. From Send Relief, this is Stories of Hope, episode number 97, What God Did on My Summer Vacation. It is 7.30 p.m. Sunday, June 12th, day one, debrief. Any, anything that you saw, learned, experienced, I'd like to share that, that victory. Sam Rogers isn't completely sure, but he suspects this might be the calm before the storm. We left to Chattanooga on Saturday. It's about a two-hour drive um, and came down and had dinner there provided for us from a local Nepali restaurant, which sounds crazy, right? Um, but man, it was so good. And then we had a two-hour orientation. What a refugee goes through to end up in a place like Clarkston. What are their needs and what's their life experience like? Imagine yourself hopping into a foreign country for the first time, you'd want somebody to hold your hand and help you through it. Then the next morning, 
So Sunday morning we went to, to a Congolese worship service, which was just, I mean, talk about welcoming. That's just really awesome. Um, and then that afternoon we went to the Beaufort Highway Farmer's Market. There's foods from every country there, um, crazy stuff that you've never seen or heard of. And so here's what's cool about that, right? Like we want students who are contributing to the kingdom. You know, if I'm 12 years old, others is the guy across the street. But if the more that I expose myself and, and can meet people and, and interact in, a, in cultures, which Clarkson is so great for, my love for people skyrockets. And that, like I said, that, that word others, the context around that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger all week. And so it begins. It is 9.08 a.m., Monday, June 13th. Almost all the residents under age 12 at the Indian Valley apartment complex are still asleep. But that doesn't stop a handful of Silverdale teenagers from going door to door, waking up families and rounding up kids. As they do, the rest of the Silverdale team sets up tents and speakers and soccer goals and craft tables under the watchful eye of parents like Hunter McLaughlin. In theory, it starts out as organized activity. Uh, we have a fun area, an arts and crafts area, a sports area, um, and that's the outline. But once you start putting meat on the bones, it flexibility has to become a, a big thing. Because what I see is a, a lot of kids that are they love, they want attention, they want to be interacted with, and they're like, come play with me. And play with me maybe soccer for the for two and a half hours to the point you're ready to die. Or going over and playing big wooden Jenga, and at some point somebody, they get tired and you get to sit down and you start talking, and that's, that's sort of where it, it morphs into, we'll see what happens. We came here last year and think it would have been a revolt amongst our group if they had tried to go anywhere else this year because of the relationships that we, we found. This morning, we have seen um, a lot of kids that, a lot of kids that we, we met last year. There are, there's one kid with our group that when he was here, we knocked on a door the kid saw us, and the first thing he asked is Gavin here. Gavin stayed in touch with him for the last 365 days because of a relationship they built last year. It is 4.40 p.m., Wednesday, June 15th. It's been six hours, but Jack Harris is still talking about what happened earlier today. He was playing soccer at the Backyard Bible Club. That's how he ended up doing something on his summer vacation that most 15-year-old American boys will never, ever do. These kids are, are Muslim. These kids are Buddhist, Hindu. Uh, so many different things. But today I was sharing a thing called the Three Circles with this one uh, seven or eight-year-old kid. Uh, came from a Muslim background. It was explaining the gospel and just the whole thing about Jesus. 
and I explained it to him and he didn't really get it. So I went into depth, I showed him my Bible, I showed him some stories in the Bible, how it's all true. But the thing that just got me excited was I could see the, the gears turning in his head. I could see him getting just like a little bit excited. He's still confused, he's still a little bit hesitant, but I could see him getting excited. And that's just like, I, I think I planted a seed today. And just seeing those gears turn in my head, I think that made my day. Obviously it was a little nerve wracking walking up to it, but it's gonna be different. I really do think it's gonna be different. If anything in my heart, there's just so much stuff I want to do now that, now that I've been here. It is 6.10 p.m., Thursday, June 16th. Dinner number six is the quietest dinner of them all. As it turns out, even teenagers get tired after a week of nonstop refugee ministry. As we get towards the end of that week, um, man, if it's, if it's hard to get out of bed uh, when you're tired, it's even harder to come here and share the gospel when you're tired. Um, because your brain just is kind of elsewhere, you're a little disengaged, and so it's really incredible working with Sin Relief this year because they planned all of our meals, because they planned our service projects. They've taken care of so much for us that allowed us to just prepare our team spiritually. So right now we're at the Sin Relief complex here in Clarkston. I would describe it as uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines stopped through town and then they were feeling really generous and so they built a mission house for, for teams here. And so there's two houses, really beautiful. We've got them split up, you know, guys in one house, girls in another house. And we're gonna push our kids pretty hard to serve their brains out all day long. And so to give them a space to come back, relax, spend time together, recharge, debrief, is really a huge blessing. It is 9.15 a.m., Friday, June 17th. From his office window, David Cresswell with Send Relief can see the Silverdale team getting ready and loading up. Later today, they'll throw a pull-out-all-the-stops block party for the refugee families at Indian Valley. Then tonight, they'll go home. And then, after that, what they do will be just as, if not more, important than anything they did here this week. What does the Bible expect of us? That's what we dive into when we're when we're working with teams. Is we we start at the level of what's a biblical perspective of God's heart for the nations, and therefore the church's heart for the nations, and how it is that we are to respond. Because we look at passages in Scripture that show uh, the foreigner being among the people of God. You know, even in the story of Exodus, when the Israelites leave Egypt. When I heard the story of Exodus growing up, I just always thought about the Israelites, that it was the Israelites in the wilderness, the Israelites headed to the promised land, the Israelites. And all this time, I had been missing the fact that there were the nations traveling with them and God was okay with it because His expectation of the people of Israel was that they were going to show those nations who God really was. And so now, today, with the church, the church carries that same calling. And so we get excited when churches come here, they see Clarkson, they see the nations, but they leave saying, you know what, we do have a community in our own town 
that is from another part of the world and they leave inspired to go and, and chase after them for the sake of the gospel. It is 5.45 p.m., Friday, June 17th. It's quiet on the church van. 37 people are watching the traffic fly by on I-75, thinking about what they just experienced and asking themselves, now what? Everybody's gonna take back something a little bit different and a little bit unique to them. Um, but one thing that this does for our team uh, and for our teenagers is just make them more aware of those around them. Uh, it increases their idea of who, of who others are. But Chattanooga is a super diverse place too, man. Like, just because you don't see the other cultures in your place um, doesn't mean that they're not there. And so I think about um, just the way that Jesus calls us to go and make disciples and, and to leverage our life for that end and that goal. And there's something extraordinary about that, right? Because maybe a lot of followers of Jesus like aren't in that place. They've never challenged themselves to get that place. It is extraordinary. How do I share Jesus with people from all different kinds of cultures? And wow, that's crazy that people uh, live in a way that I've just never thought about. Their life looks different. And so I, I hope they feel and experience that, that their heart for others really begins to grow because they just, the scope of what other people's experiences in life begins to grow. Their heart for the lost begins to grow and, and they can really make a big impact. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories of Hope. There are refugees and internationals in almost every community in North America. If you'd like to find out how you and your church can get expert, hands-on training that'll show you how to meet their needs and see God change their lives, go to sendrelief.org. If you liked what you heard here, rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. Join us in two weeks for another episode of Stories of Hope.